Welcome to the Ecom Wiz Podcast, a podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. Dominate. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Rob Stanley with the Ecom Wiz Podcast. And today, my special guest is Ashlyn Haddon. CEO of Ashlyn Haddon Insurance. Hi, Ashlyn. Thanks for being on the hey, show. Hey, how are you? Doing great. So one of the things that we want to talk about is that you don't necessarily have to have a million dollars to be sued for a million dollars, especially if you sell online or just sell on Amazon. So tell us a little bit about that and how that came about. Yeah. So a lot of my sellers come to me and say, hey, Ashlyn, I have an LLC or I don't have a million dollars. I'll just shut my business down um, if I get sued. So the big question that we keep talking about is, can you pick up the phone and call your LLC and say, hey, I've been in a lawsuit, come defend me, or just close your, close your doors. So the big thing is with selling online, you have a huge risk of product liability. And if someone gets hurt um, using one of your products, you're going to have to defend yourself. So even if you don't have a million bucks in the bank, you're still going to have to hire an attorney. You're still going to have to pay the attorney probably $400, $500 an hour just to defend yourself from a lawsuit. So even if you don't have a million dollars in the bank, that doesn't mean that you can't be sued or held liable for a million dollars. So that's kind of the, the big concern that we have here with e-com sellers is just because you don't have it doesn't mean you can't be sued for it. It doesn't mean they can't garnish your wages um, and things like that moving forward. So yeah, so let's go into. It doesn't mean they can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now let's go into a little more detail. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about. Now we're talking about if somebody gets injured with a product, but let's say they don't necessarily get injured directly from your product. You, they can still be sued, right? Absolutely. So when something happens, everybody gets pulled into the lawsuit. So the attorneys are really good at at making sure that everyone in the supply chain is pulled into the lawsuit. So. For example, I would, uh, we went through a claim where this guy was a, a seller on Amazon. He shipped a box to a customer. The UPS laid the box on the front door. Um, the customer comes out in the morning, trips over the box, breaks his hip, breaks his clavicle, Oof. and he sued everyone. And so he sued UPS, he sued Amazon, he sued the third-party seller, and sued the manufacturer of the the stapler company of the stapler that was sent to him. Wow. So what we do is these attorneys try to put everybody on this lawsuit, kind of like the old saying, like throw some crap on the wall and see what fix, see what sticks. That's what they do. They want everybody to jump in. So somebody pays for this guy's stupidity. Wow. Every person in the supply chain is going to get pulled into that lawsuit. And even if you're not held liable, for the million dollar lawsuit, you still have to defend your company and defend yourself from that lawsuit. Yeah, wow, that is really extreme. And <laughs> personally, I think that's a little bit frivolous. Totally. I mean, it, that that's pretty crazy. I, I have not heard that one. Now we've all heard the current one going on right now with the dog leash. Yes. Uh, so explain just so everybody who hasn't maybe heard, explain a little what's going on and how that Amazon's involved in this and everything with a, yeah. a dog leash. So one of the sellers was selling this dog leash. 
um, that was imported, I do believe, from China. Yeah. And this customer was out walking their dog, and the dog pulled the leash away and snapped the leash. And the leash came back and hit this individual in the eye and caused permanent eye damage. And I do believe she was an architect or something like that, where now she's coming back and says, hey, I am permanently blind in this eye, and I can no longer work for the rest of my life, and you now have to pay my lost wages for the my life. Um, and what happened is they can't find now the manufacturer of this dog leash because it was someplace in China and they can't figure out who it is. And it's in the courts right now because Amazon's trying to say, Hey, I'm not responsible for this dog leash. It was, it was a bad manufacturer. It's defective and they don't want to be responsible for it. They want you, the third party seller to be responsible for it. So it's a lot of havoc in the court systems right now and just Monday there was another bill introduced to the house that is saying Amazon you will be responsible for this um, these defective products and they're wanting Amazon to put into place rules and regulations on how to make sure third-party sellers are bringing safe products um, to the platform mm. so really think in the next year or so we're gonna see Amazon crack down on third-party sellers and who they allow onto the platform. But we also think um, they're going to crack down on the certificates of insurance. So mm -hmm. proceeds now are required to have a general liability insurance policy. A lot of my sellers don't know that because it's in the 900 pages of crap that you sign up for when you sign up for a pro seller account. But if you go back and look, it says all pro sellers must have a general liability policy. So we feel like with all of these new rules and all of these new bills that are being introduced, Amazon's going to push back on you guys. They don't want to be responsible. And honestly, I really don't think they care too much about you guys, the third party sellers. So they're going to try to just push that back on you. So we think in the coming year, you guys are really going to get cracked down on and they're really going to start policing this. So that's true. I, I agree. With liability you. policy. Now get one. <laughs> Exactly. So just so people understand, and I mean, I, I kind of know it because I've lived this world, but uh, kind of explain to people the difference between just general liability versus product liability, yeah. why you should have one or the other or both. Yeah. So um, as a business, period, if you're an e-com seller, you're a brick and mortar, you should have absolutely should have both. So your general liability is going to protect you for what you do and say as a business your product liability is going to protect you for what your products do to harm someone else. So let's say you come out here and say, well, this monster can is going to give me a ton of energy and you're going to be able to run around the world. And I come back and say, well, no, it really didn't. It made me pass out. I could sue the man. I could sue this person, this company and say, no, you didn't do what it said it was going to do. Yeah. That's reliability. That's what you do or say as a business. Product liability is, if I'm drinking this can of Monster and there's a piece of metal in it and it cuts my throat and now I'm I'm hurt, that's product liability. So you absolutely need both of those. Do what you do or say as a business and what your products do to harm someone else. Yeah, no, that that's perfect and great, great explanation of that so people have a good understanding. Because like you said, right now Amazon's just requiring general liability Whereas I, I'm agreeing with you that they're going to probably start requiring both general and product liability. So yeah. one thing that I've actually seen post online, heard a lot of people talk about is they have a little bit of trouble 
kind of finding product insurance or product liability insurance for items made in China. So could you address that a little bit? And, and do you guys handle that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. She, she's pointing at herself. <laughs> well, funny you should ask. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I, I am a broker, which means that I get to work with hundreds of different companies. Um, and we get to find you the best product and the best coverage at the best price. So we do absolutely cover it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the cheapest thing in the world because it's not. Um, and you have to think about what you are importing from this other country and what it's used for. So, for example, I had a customer who was doing those, like, baby Bjorn type things where you wrap the children around your body and you stuff the kid in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she came back to me and she's like, Ashlyn, it's just a yard of fabric. I don't understand why it's so expensive. And I said, but you have to understand that that yard of fabric is responsible for holding a child four and a half feet off the ground. Yep. So think about what the product um, material is. Think about what that product is used for. When it gets to America, what are we using it for? Um, and that's really what the insurance companies look at. They want to look at where it's coming from, what's it used for, how much you're selling, all of these different things. So Imported products are absolutely going to be more expensive. Private label products are going to be absolutely more expensive. Um, so just kind of keep that in mind. It's Yes, we can do it, but it's not a $500 a year policy. You have to pay to play. If you want the big return for an imported product, you're going to have to pay a little bit more to insure it. Yeah. And, and just kind of in general, is it is the price of the product liability insurance, is it based on the number of products, the type of product, where it comes from, all the above? Yeah, so the big, the big things that we look at is where it's coming from, mm -hmm. what it's used for, and how much of it you're selling. So if you're gonna be importing this pin from China, this is probably gonna be a $500 a year, $700 a year policy. Yeah. But if I'm importing medical devices, yeah. pin socks, um, anything that goes on the body, in the body for a pet or for a child, you are automatically going to be high risk. Yeah. But those also have higher margins when you're selling them. So kind of keep keep that in mind. In the body, on the body, for a pet um, or for a baby, high risk automatically. Yeah. I um, mean, then it goes on sales. If I'm selling $10,000 a year on products, it's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper than if I'm selling a million dollars a year on a product. Yeah. The more I sell, the more products are in the consumer's hands, the higher the risk. So kind of keep that in mind too. Um, you can't ever compare what you're paying on a policy to what your friend's paying on a policy. Unless you guys are selling the same exact thing from the same exact manufacturer at the same exact rate. Yeah. Um, same sales. We get people say, well, this lady's policy is only $700 a year and mine's $900 a year. Well, you're selling twice as much product as her. Or you're selling a fidget spinner with knives on the end of it. And <laughs> I mean, it really does depend on Don't what Don't recommend that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. You did have somebody ask that when fidget spinners were really big. So Wow. <laughs> I'll pass. Thanks anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> so at, let's talk about a little bit. You were, you were kind of mentioning uh, products, right? We're mentioning products, but what about inventory? So as yeah. you know, some people are going to either be a home base, they're going to maybe do a fulfillment by Amazon or FBM or 3PL. So why don't you talk about those different 
people that basically have different ways of selling and how you kind of address their inventory and what's covered and what's not. Right. So the basis, the basic policy that you have to have on Amazon is the general liability policy. So think of that as kind of the bottom of your pyramid. And then after that, we kind of build on um, what we call endorsements to those policies to help protect the entire business. So one of those endorsements is called BPP business, personal property. This is your inventory. This is your, your business's product. So inventory, computers, prepping materials, all of those things that your businesses own. If you were to have a fire or something like that, and you have to start from scratch, this would be the amount that we would help pay to get you back up and running. So a lot of our clients come to you to me and say, Hey, I'm a home-based business. I have $30,000 in inventory in my basement. My homeowner's insurance will cover that, right? Absolutely not. Hmm. As you can explain to your homeowner's insurance that you want a brand new toothbrush every single day, they're going to know that you have 10,000 toothbrushes because you're selling them for a business. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So your insurance companies aren't stupid. So if you are using your home for any type of business, you need to add that to your insurance policy. We can cover that inventory. We can cover your business personal property. We can cover your computer and your prepping materials all within that, that same general liability policy. Um, well, here's so a question. Is, is that a separate rider on your home policy? Yep, it's an endorsement. Yep, it's an endorsement on your commercial policy. Okay, okay. Most homeowners insurance are not going to cover it. And it's interesting you brought up because some people don't think about First thing they think about, let's say they're, they're selling from their house or their fulfillment by manufacturer, FBM, right? And say their FBM is in their house, right? Um, they don't think about that, hey, if something happens to their inventory, they're so focused on the inventory. What about the computer? What about the shipping supplies? What about the bench that you do all the work on? What about your monitors? That your you're dynamo. Yeah. yeah. I nope. mean, those things aren't cheap either. And, you, and if you don't have those on there, you're going to end up eating that yourself. Right. So that's another thing that we have is we have a lot of clients who put their products in a 3PL or on an offsite storage unit. And I have a lot of 3PLs insured. I insure a lot of them across the country and none of them cover your products as an individual. So just don't trust your 3PL. Make a phone call to your 3PL and say, if there is damage to your facility, is my stuff covered? and make them give you a certificate of insurance. Don't take their word for it. People lie all the time. (laughs) Either get a certificate of insurance or just pay that little bit of difference and add it to your own policy because you know then have the peace of mind of knowing that it is covered no matter what. So that brings up a good question then. So if I'm selling FBA, I mean, as a person who doesn't quite know everything about insurance, I would assume like, hey, it's Amazon's responsibility. I have it at their warehouse. If something happens and a fire breaks out in that warehouse, they're going to cover my insurance, right? Is that right? Yeah, so it, Amazon will once it gets okay. to Amazon, but this is like the prep center before it gets to Amazon. Okay. Amazon takes possession of it, then you're fine. It's really from the time that you take, when you get possession of it, mm. in the time that Amazon gets possession of it. So if it's in your house, if it's at a prep center, um, that's really where you need to worry about it. Once it gets to Amazon, that's Amazon's problem. <laughs> yeah. So does that also, now what about covering it? Let's say I have my factory make the product over in China and uh, then I'm going to trans transport it over to go to FBA. What about during that transportation process? Uh, is there a special yeah. rider for that? 
Yeah, so this is special actual coverage. It's property in transit or cargo insurance. And really depending on how much you're shipping, how many containers you're shipping, or if you're just shipping some packages, you could get different types of policies for that. Hmm. Um, you can also get coverage through, um, through your actual shipping company. If you're doing it more than two to three times a month, it actually typically is better just to get a policy, a yearly policy for that. But if you're just shipping once every couple of months, it usually is better to do that for your shipping company. So um, we'll, we'll walk you through that. We'll ask you how much you're shipping, how much coverage you need and that kind of stuff. Um, we know what you know, but no, don't do what you do. Yeah. Kind of insane. We, I go to tons of conferences. I've been to China and um, looked at some of my customers and how they're sourcing. I've walked the floor at Canton Fair. Nice. I know what you guys are doing and I know the questions to ask to make sure that you're properly covered. And one of the big things we say is like, do you want the, the basic policy that Amazon's requiring you or do you want us to protect your assets? And if you want us to protect your assets, then answer the questions honestly and we'll build a policy to protect your assets. And if it's out of budget, then we can take some items away. But at least I give you the options of, you know, really what to do to protect you all around um, to protect that, that whole entire business, not just what Amazon requires. You want what Amazon requires? Of course, I'll tell you what Amazon requires. I'd rather you know what to do to actually protect yourself in case there is something, something that does happen. Yeah. Now, one thing we don't talk a ton about on the show, but retail arbitrage. I, I've yeah. seen people post up on Facebook. They're going, hey, I use my car to go out and source products. Is, you know, do I need coverage on my car? What if the products in my car... Is that another transit thing? Like before I get it home, yep. cover a little bit of also, you know, the retail arbitrage people on this. You're really good, Rob. <laughs> you know, Been doing this. <laughs> so yeah, so um, it's not covered under your personal auto insurance. So if you're using your personal vehicle um, outsourcing, shame on you. Um, you should probably get a commercial auto insurance policy, which we could help you with also. And then those items inside the car are not covered again under your personal auto insurance, but we could add a rider to your commercial auto to cover those items in transit. So for example, if you go to Target and you get $10,000 worth of product and then you go into Kohl's to get another $10,000 worth of product and your car is broken into, that $10,000 of product, you are SOL. There is nothing that you can do about it if you just have a personal auto insurance policy. Um, so make sure that if you're outsourcing that we definitely have that, that coverage for you again. And that, again, that's a question on that, that questionnaire that we ask you, yeah. are you using your personal vehicle for business use? If so, tell us about it. Tell us what you're doing so we can protect you the right way. And I guarantee you that that's happened to somebody. Guarantee <laughs> I can guarantee that somebody's done that. I don't know if 10 grand, maybe I know there's some big retail arbitrage people, but even a thousand bucks worth of stuff. I mean, that's money right. out of your pocket. So we have clients who like um, have trailers and they go from yeah. store to store and fill this trailer full of stuff. So it's like they could have 30, 40, $50,000 in products in this trailer at once. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That that's great information. I mean, this is crucial stuff that if you're selling online, let's not even just say Amazon. If you're selling online, you need to know this and you need to look at these insurance policies and make sure you're covered on many levels. I mean, we just covered a lot of stuff here. So if there's clients, but, some of your listeners out there that say, well, Hey, I think I have a policy that covers this kind of stuff. If you're questioning it at all, feel free to send it over to me and just say, Hey, I heard you on with uh, feedback with podcast. 
can you just take a look at my policy? I will absolutely do that. I'm brutally honest. I'll tell you, hey, this looks great. Or no, you're missing this, this, and this. Either go back to your carrier and ask for that, or we can quote you too. So just feel free to have your listeners reach out to me. I'm very, very, very reachable, Facebook and all these other places. So absolutely. I want you to know that you have the right coverage so you can sleep better at night. Yeah, but let her take a look and see. I mean, she'll help you out and she'll let you know if you have the right coverage, great. Nothing's lost on your end. Right. Yeah. So question for you. If you hadn't got into this insurance role 15 <laughs> years ago, would you still be doing this bank? She did banking before. Would you still be doing right. the banking or where do you think you would have went? What, what would have happened? I don't know because I was so tired of banking. Um, just with all the regulations and all the changes and everything was getting down to like pushing credit cards and lines of credit. And that's just not me. I'm not built for like the hard sale. So I would still be in banking. Um, but I sure didn't want to get into insurance. Insurance really wasn't my thing. Um, just someone said, Hey, Liberty Mutual's hiring. And I was moving from Chicagoland area to the Indianapolis area. And it kind of just fell in my lap. Wow. So I really don't know. I always thought I wanted to own a restaurant. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought maybe like a bar or a restaurant, like every crazy entrepreneur wants to do. <laughs> um, but it wouldn't have been insurance and it sure wouldn't have been banking. So I, I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that, that's a great answer. So why don't you tell us a little bit, what, what was that sort of trigger that made you decide, like you're doing this banking and you're just like, I want to do, ins- I'm sure it just wasn't, you woke up one night and you're like, I want to go do insurance. What, what right. kind of, what transitioned you in there? Give everybody a little bit of background on kind of where you yeah. came from. I mean, we talked about yeah. it a little bit, but. So my banking industry was up in the Chicagoland industry and we were moving from the Chicagoland area to Indiana. And my mother-in-law at the time was like, Hey, Liberty Mutual is um, hiring. Maybe you should go sell insurance. And I was like, I do not want to be a used car salesman. I'm not interested. No way. And she's like, hey, my friend works there and it would really help her if you would just go through the interview process. I was like, fine. So I took the interview and the guy that interviewed me said that this was a man's industry and that the men out there would outsell me every day. And I said, I'll take the job and I'm going to prove you wrong. Awesome. <laughs> So I was rookie of the year, top rep in the state, third in the entire company. I accepted my award on stage and sent him a picture and said, who can't sell insurance now? So I was really good at it. I enjoyed it. And then I started, um, I was doing more like home and auto insurance and life insurance. And I delivered my first death benefit check to this widower, widower. And she's like, I don't know what I would do, how I'd pay my bills. I would do this if I didn't have this check. And I was sold from there on. Like, Aww able to see the look in her eyes of just like pure relief of actually having the right coverage for the right time. I was like, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my calling. Um, so I did that for a little while. I got tired of working for the man and decided to open up my own agency. And then one of my clients came to me and said, Hey, Amazon's changing these rules. Um, can you sell me this policy? And I was like, Chris, I know nothing about it. You guys are crazy. Insurance companies don't like online retailers. There's no way, there's no money in it. Absolutely not. Go away. (laughs) Yeah. And he kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And so I ended up getting it. And then he came back and was like, hey, I've got um, a community of like 15,000 followers. We're all going to need this. Yeah. Help us. And I was like, 15, 
yeah, maybe it's worth my time now. And I just fell in love with you guys, this, like the crazy atmosphere, this like love in the community that you guys have and just the love that you guys like want to help each other grow and learn. And I just, it was over. That's <laughs> I awesome. Go anymore. So like, I eat, sleep and read Amazon. I'm reading about Amazon every day. Um, and all the rules and regulations. And I'm like, I'm in the trenches with you guys. I'm in the conferences with you guys. So it's, it's been an amazing experience and y'all crazy, <laughs> but it's been great. I love every second of it. That's awesome. Well, before we jump into too many other things, I want people to hear, I got the bio from her to post. Okay. And I want everybody to hear her first sentence of her bio, just to find out oh. how cool she is. Okay. And it says, Ashlyn, Ashlyn believes that the insurance business was built on a firm handshake, a stiff drink, swanky offices, and dare I say it, on the golf course. That says something about you right there. That tells me that next time I see you, we're hanging out because you yes. seem like a fun person. <laughs> Definitely. Like when you hear insurance, most people get this preconceived notion of this suit and tie snaky person it's like you know what it doesn't have to be that way it can be two friends hanging out saying hey don't screw up on your insurance because it could cost you a billion dollars yeah. um, so I just I didn't want to be that type of insurance company I wanted to be two friends hanging out I mean I've got a staff full of women who are just amazing to be with we're all open and honest and friendly and let's go here and and you know talk about it instead of come to my office and you know, let's go on the golf course and sell you some insurance. That just doesn't us. <laughs> that's definitely, that's you, you roll like I roll. So that's perfect. That's right. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So let me tell everybody where, how you get a hold of Ashlyn. Other than Facebook, there's a million places you can get a hold of her, but her website, and I'm going to spell it. So it's www.ecom, E C O M, dot insure, I N S U R E. So don't put the .com at the end. It's .insure, I-N-S-U-R-E. Ashlyn Haddon, awesome person. I can't wait to meet you in person and hang out and have a drink or maybe there the golf go. course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the EcomWiz podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. All right, goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on the EcomWiz podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, FeedbackWiz.com. Be sure to use coupon code POD50 for 50% off your first paid month with FeedbackWiz. Again, the code is POD50. Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Join us next week for more great tips to help Amazon sellers dominate the marketplace.